Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode eight. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Paul Dempsey, frontman for one of Australia's favourite bands, Sign for Kate. The band are releasing their seventh studio record today, entitled The Modern Medieval, and it marks another fantastic addition to their catalogue. In today's episode, Paul and I talk about the making of the new record, how the band has grown and evolved over time, and the songwriting powers of Phoebe Bridges and Taylor Swift. Here we go. Our guest today is the frontman for one of Australia's most loved bands, Slank for Kate, and a brilliant solo artist in his own right. He and the band have been nominated for over 16 ARIA awards and have had multiple platinum and gold selling records. They're adding to that catalogue today with the modern medieval. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Paul Dempsey from Something For Kate. Hello there. Hi, Paul. How are you today? I'm good, Simon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Now, congratulations on the modern medieval. It is out today. It's the seventh studio record by the band and the first since 2012. What made you decide to bring the band back together and, and give another record a crack? Um, well, we never were apart. Um, just to sort of clarify that, um, we just were really busy <laughs> doing lots of other things. Um, we've all got uh, young families and... I made a solo record uh, at the same time in there and it was our, we, our 20th anniversary as a band at one point, so there was a big tour around that and a book. and the, So we have actually been really busy as a band and we've done a lot of touring. We just haven't found the time to write new music and get in a studio, so that's, that's why it took so long. Um, but we never... Um, you know, we, we've been active the whole time, just uh, just lazy about writing new music. <laughs> just as uh, you mentioned a second ago, the band has been operating now for, for over 20 years, I think 24 years or so. 26. Oh, I'm sorry, um, 26 years now. <laughs> Something for Kate has outlasted a lot of the acts that they, they grew up with. Other acts have broken up or, or not been as active or consistent in releasing new music. Where do you think that staying power has come from for something for Kate? Um, well, I mean, I, again, I don't know if I'd call it consistent, like eight years between albums, and I think there was six years, the one before that. So, yeah, look, we have been active, but I guess the thing is that we haven't, um, we haven't put the pressure on ourselves that, you know, we have to put an album out every every two years and, and tour until, like, we just... 
we've been able to do other things. Um, I've been able to get, make, go and make solo records and tour with different musicians and Clint, our drummer, owns a couple of bars in Melbourne um, and Steph does a lot of art and photography and, and as I say, we all have families and so, you know, we've all got plenty going on aside from something for Kate. So um, I guess it's it, when we do make time to do something for Kate stuff, it's still exciting and fresh for us. It's not like this chore that we have to do uh, because we don't mind, you know, leaving it eight years between records. We'll do it when we're ready. Um, but Very fair. Yeah, it's, you know, I think bands, um, you know, if they're just kind of trying to make records every two years and trying to, it, it can be, can become a, I guess, a bit of a treadmill and, and you can just sort of run out of enthusiasm for it. But that is not, hasn't been the case for us. That's good. That's what you want from a band. Yeah. Um, the new record is extremely, um, it's extremely lush and it's quite a great head, uh, headphone record, if you will. Lots of little intricate bits and pieces. Was that the goal uh, this time around when we're recording to kind of have like a really good hi-fi record? Yeah, definitely. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I think, you know, we've made enough records now that we, um, you know, the, the one thing that we feel like we still have a lot of room to get better at is is just choosing the different sounds and the different tones and textures that you're going to employ to, you know, to sort of paint the picture. Um you go back to our early records and it's pretty much just like walls of guitars and that's just kind of what we knew how to do back then. You know, we were kids and we didn't really know anything about recording studios. Um, but after seven albums, you would hope that, you know, we've kind of learned a thing or two about how to make something feel more, you know, multidimensional uh, and so that you can sort of listen to it on headphones and it's, you know, it's got like surprises and, and um, you know, that's all part of the experience. Um, I mean, you know, a good song is a good song, but you, you could record it a million different ways. Um, so it's all about the choices you make to sort of, you know, present the whole experience. Of course. You worked with Nick Dedea for the recording of the album, um, who he's previously worked with artists like Pearl Jam and, and Bruce Springsteen. What was the appeal of working with Nick for this record? Um, well, funnily enough, we almost made our first album with Nick 24 years ago. Um, so, you know, Nick's been making records for a long time and, and he's a, a fantastic engineer and um, all the stuff he has worked on since amazing you know everything and, and it's really diverse as well like everything from you know Bruce Springsteen to Rage Against the Machine or Mastodon you know like he he's uh he's just a very accomplished engineer um and he is also he's made a bunch of records with Powderfinger he's really good mates with Bernard Fanning who's a good mate of ours and so when we were picking people I just you know was chatting with Bernard about his their experience and he just he sold me on on Nick. He was just like yeah, you, you guys would get along great and 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 I didn't need any you know convincing about his uh, engineering and production skills. So and it was great. He was fantastic. 
Bernard does feature uh, on the record um, on the track Inside Job. Did that collaboration come from the discussion of Nick or was that something that was always on the cards before picking out an engineer? Um, it sort of, it actually just, it, it's kind of stupid when I think about it. I, I, I had always had the idea in my head that I wanted there to be another voice in that song because lyrically the song sort of comes from two very different perspectives. So I, I wanted to highlight that by having another person sing the other part so you really got the sense that it was a, a different character. Um, and as I was, you know, in my car driving up to Byron Bay to record in Bernard's studio, it hadn't occurred to me to ask Bernard. Um, and then when I kind of I was listening to the demo in the car and I was just sort of like, Bernard would be perfect for this. Like, duh. Um, <laughs> you know, and he's, you know, we're recording in his studio and he's so, um, yeah, it's kind of silly that I didn't think of it earlier. Just a second ago, you mentioned that the song is about dueling mindsets. Uh, the song's subject matter is quite interesting as it as it kind of touches on conspiracy theories and, and how it must be lonely for these people who are big believers in some of these theories. Where did this idea come from? And uh, it's definitely been the year when um, cons- conspiracy theories have come to the forefront or, or become more present in society. Yeah, and I should point out that, you know, this album was finished last year, so, you know, everything that's happened this year has kind of, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, look, I, I just, I guess when I was, I have had some encounters, you know, with people uh, who've had some pretty outlandish ideas and I, got, I want to be really careful though not to generalise and say like all, you know, these things are, wrong or because that's exactly what they want you to do. Um, I'll simply say that, you know, there are various claims that have more or less validity. Fine. That's a different argument. But for some of these people, some of these claims that are made, it's to hold those beliefs and to hold them seriously to me just involves such mental gymnastics and such delusions of grandeur and a a, a kind of a narcissism because you have to believe that you are in possession of important information that other people either don't have, don't accept, or are too intellectually inferior to understand or accept, that you are somehow, you know, you are the main character in a drama. You're the vessel. Yeah, and, and, and it's like it's like placing yourself as like you are the main character in this, you know, in this drama that and only you can, you know. And, and um, I just, aside from being, you know, possibly narcissistic, um, possibly, you know, I also, it just occurred to me as well that that must be very lonely. Um, it must be really lonely to feel like you know something and everyone else is telling you it's wrong, but you know it and only you know it. It must be really lonely. Um, and that was just something that I hadn't really heard anyone kind of talk about was was that the loneliness that must come with, you know, placing yourself in that, in that sort of position, 
of of that that that, that as as that central character where everyone else is telling you you're wrong. It definitely is an interesting perspective on on the matter. Um, something for Kate though has has always had an interesting perspective when it comes to songwriting. You, uh, I think you guys have previously said that you find it more, or you've previously said you find it more interesting writing songs about the future than songs about the present or the past. What is it that interests you about writing in future tense and about things that could happen instead of dwelling on things from the past? Um, well, I guess, uh, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a really good question. I, I guess that, what, like, and I should say, I write plenty of songs, uh, you know, that are really, that come from memory as well. So, but I, I, I guess I'm just wary about doing that too much, Um and I guess writing songs about sort of possible scenarios or possible alternate universes where different outcomes have resulted, it just allows you to explore anything. It, it's really just a, I think for me, it's just a device for exploring ideas right across the spectrum, whether it's about relationships. You know, I've written songs about whether or not you can truly, you know, whether or not an artificial intelligence can really experience love as we know it. Um, uh, and I've, you know, written songs about, um, you know, there's a song on the new album about stumbling across a, a kind of Armageddon bunker full of cryogenically frozen billionaires um, and... It's just—it's a way of exploring those ideas. Why would someone? Why would some billionaire buy land in in New Zealand, you know, to build an Armageddon bunker for when society collapses? Why, you know, cryogenic suspension—it's a thing that fascinates me, and and the the fact that you know there there are these people who are investing crazy money to be cryogenically suspended, so at some future point they can be revived or awoken and to live in the future or or to survive the collapse of of our civilization at the moment and this is this stuff's out there i mean people are doing this <laughs> i just find it really fascinating and you know they're not those they're interesting stories to me and, and you don't you know i don't hear them in contemporary music um I think it's definitely a strength or uh, well, yeah, it's definitely a strength of something for Kate because uh, I guess that's why you guys continue to have new fans come on board and, and people who are invested in the band stay and love you guys so much because um, I think that there is the stuff that people just don't talk about and that you guys do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, I mean, I, I wrote um, Ramona was a waitress 10 years ago and um, at the time I'm pretty sure there weren't too many songs about artificial intelligence or, (laughs) and there's a lot now. Um, And, and I'm not claiming, um, you know, some sort of, you know, whatever, but, but you, you have to put the ideas out there for the discussion to happen. Of course. You're a trendsetter. Oh, I'm not, you know, it's not that. But like, I do hope that a song like um, Last Resort Town on this album, you know, the one about the cryogenically frozen billionaires, you know, um, hopefully that is a cause for discussion about, you know, 
why all these billionaires are reading this book called The Sovereign Individual that is basically a handbook of how to survive the collapse of Western democracies and, um, you know, it's it's worthy of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> talking, uh, talking about Ramona was a waitress, when you are writing music, is there any clear indicator to you or um, oh, this is a Paul Dempsey solo artist song or this is a something for Kate song? No, it's always, um, you know, whatever whatever we're doing next, um, what <laughs> the next thing is the Paul Dempsey album, then that's where the songs go. And if the next thing is a something for Kate album, then that's where the songs go. But I guess the difference is that... Um, if it's a solo album, then I will finish the songs all by myself and so they will end up a certain way. Uh, whereas if it's for something for Kate Record and Clint and Steph get involved and then it's a, like a three-way conversation, then the song ends up in a very, very different place. Um, so, yeah, the, the ideas can come from the same place, but depending on how they're funneled, uh, they, they come out quite different. Yeah, of course. On the new record, my personal favourite track um, would would be Bluebird, which is about sometimes it's just good to uh, drown things out and have the outside world just that little bit quieter. Mental health appears to be a a more talked about and and more accepted topic these days within the arts and within music. I'm curious, um, I know that you said previously this was the the record was finished pre-COVID, but for yourself, how important is it to be able to uh, not necessarily shut out the outside world, but for, to be just uh, muted for a short period of time. Yeah, um, I'm not very good at it um, because I'm too, I don't know, I'm just sort of too alert to everything. I, I want to know what's going on uh, all the time. And um, and I think sometimes that can compromise my my mood or my outlook. But I'm also pretty good at. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, I know how to... I, I, I've learned an, enough about my own mind um, that I, I know when I need to put my head in a different kind of book. Um or, you know, play with my kids or, you know, do a cryptic crossword. Um, I've got all kinds of um, all kinds of fun ways of shifting my focus. Um, but, I, but just in general, I am someone who is really uh, kind of alert to what's going on um, and sort of constantly checking. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair enough. 
Um, I'm, I'm curious, as we discussed earlier, the band has been playing together for 26 years now. You've played shows like Recovery and, and Channel V gigs, and in that time, pr- promoting a record has changed as well. We've gone from playing those TV shows to this year where there are live streams and podcasts such as this one. For you, how has promoting a record changed over that time and, and how, I guess, do you have a favourite time that you look back on? Um, well, I think, I mean, we've probably seen, you know, the complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of, you know, obviously here we are in 2020 talking on a Zoom call, um, but, you know, when we started out there was literally no mobile phones um, or internet Um, and when you went off on tour, you know, you had to like stop at a post office somewhere to send a fax to the hotel you were going to be staying in to confirm that, you know, when you'd be arriving and uh, so it's, you know, we've seen all of the changes, Um, even, even the way music is consumed, you know, we our first EPs came out on vinyl and, you know, cassette um, and, you know, MP3s didn't exist. M- music on the internet didn't exist. Um, so, yeah, we, we've, uh, we've kind of seen it all. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't really have any sort of value judgment about it. It's just fascinating to watch the world change and to see technology and to see how it impacts things. I, I'm sort of, I feel, um, I don't know, my outlook on most things is kind of pretty, uh, I, I take, a, I, I, I take a, uh, a sort of a perspective on things from very, very far away most of the time. I just find that's sort of the healthiest thing for me um, is to be outside the solar system um, a lot of the time and kind of just watch the goings-on uh, on this planet without making too many value judgments about it, um, otherwise you go insane, uh, or without attaching unnecessary import to things you can't control because um, otherwise you go insane. Um, so, yeah, I've just watched... Uh, everything change um, and what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's just going to keep on changing. Um, and, yeah, so it's, yeah, again, it, it, it's just uh, I, I, I make no value judgments about it, but the way, we, the way we work and the way we've done things has had to change, like, a lot. Um, but even more so just in the last five years, like, it, you know, the, the difference between the first five years and the second five years was not that much. Now it's different every year is, like, the difference every year is, you know, snowballing. Um, yeah, so the, the change itself is is even more rapid. For yourself in lockdown and especially in Melbourne where it was a longer and more intense lockdown period, artists that I've spoken to have either either fallen into one or two camps where they were either extremely productive and um, were flexing that creative muscle to create an ISO record or two, um, or they felt that there was too much pressure to create and thought, no, now's not the time to be um, to, to be creative or to be creating art. Did you find yourself yeah. in either of those camps or a, a possible third? Uh, third camp, yeah. I, I, initially when it all started, I thought, I'm going to, this is going to be great. I'm going to write a whole album, 
you know, I had all these, there's all this stuff I was going to do. Um, and then basically for most of the year I've uh, been helping my son through grade three. Um, so that's, you know, uh, you have all these ideas and then reality gets in the way um, when homeschooling started up and we had to adjust to that. Um, I just realised that it was just going to be better for him if I sat next to him. Um, so everything else got um, – there was just no time for anything else because, yeah, I, I kind of sat with him all day, every day, um, just to sort of, you know, just to make sure he was okay uh, doing school on a laptop. I imagine your kids were happy to have um, mum and dad home, though, for a little while. Yeah, well, they're, look, they're really lucky – uh, because we, you know, we work from home for the most part anyway. Um, so, that yeah, they get to see us probably more than most working parents get to see their kids. So we're, we're really lucky in that way. Um, yeah. Paul, would you be happy to talk about your playlist? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One pick that I was quite excited to see was a track from Better Oblivion Community Centre. Now, many years ago and and for a very different publication, I did have a chat with yourself and at the time we talked about the record Casadega by Bright Eyes, who uh, both bands uh, share a front man. What is it about Conor Oberst's songwriting that that kind of attracts you? Um, I think he's a a brilliant lyricist. is, you know, he just has an amazing way with words and an ability to just hit you with so many images uh, and ideas and it just evokes so much, you know. Um, he just fills, he fills your head with, with uh, pictures and scenes and, and strong emotions and, and that's just a really amazing ability and... But also his delivery, the way he just delivers everything with a, a kind of frantic honesty, um, like he just has to get it off his chest um, or he's going to go crazy. Um, and I just can really relate to that. Um, and, um, yeah. Yeah, he is a, a brilliant songwriter. The other half of Better Oblivion Community Centre is one Miss Phoebe Bridges, who you've also included in your list with I Know the End. Now, this might be the greatest closing track of a record this year. Uh, yeah. that, just my vote. Um, what is it about this song that you love? Uh, I mean, like you said, it just it builds up to a crescendo that is just like beyond anything I've heard in a really, really long time. And, um, uh, you know, I, again, she's one of my favourite songwriters uh, out there today and the way that song kind of starts so gently and, and you think it's going one way and then it just it kind of leads you by the hand and before you know it, it's just like you're in free fall uh, into a black hole. Um, but it's sort of glorious and celebratory. It's, it's amazing how it, like, it feels like a celebration but at the same time, it's so dark. <laughs> it's, it's weirdly cathartic for a song about the apocalypse, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just brilliantly put together. And, you know, she, again, just a, she's a fantastic lyricist and a, just got an angelic voice. Definitely. Um, I, I can definitely agree with that. 
One song I was slightly surprised to see on your on your playlist, Paul, was My Tears Ricochet by Taylor Swift, which was off her most recent record, Folklore. She worked on that record with Aaron Desner from The National. Uh, do you think that, I guess, having little touches here and there worked on by Aaron, who has worked with acts like Bon Iver and, and others in the past, has kind of helped, um, not that she had any trouble getting fans before, but maybe helped open her up to a new subsection of fans? Um, yeah, I mean, like, he's obviously done a, uh, you know, they, they've, it's been a great collaboration, I think, for both of them. I think you could probably argue that she's probably raised his profile more than, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, look, I, I, I think she is also a fantastic songwriter and, um, yes, she has been, it's been mostly in the kind of pop realm, but even her pop writing has just such a sharp sense uh, of you know, her, her melody, her ability to weave like, you know, 50 different catchy melodies into one verse um, and her lyrics are just sharp. You know, she's witty and sharp and I just appreciate the fact that she, you know, writes most of it herself or with one other sort of trusted co-writer. She's not you know, she's not one of these sort of pop artists who's, you know, whose songs are sort of written by committee. Um, so I think she's a really super talented individual. I always have thought that. But I think with this record, she's definitely made a, what appears to be a conscious step away from, you know, um, you know, uh, the sort of pop princess dancing around and, and that, you know, she's, I think, I guess decided that, um, she wants to let. Um, she wants to show another more That's mature. Another songwriting muscle. In yeah, a way. I guess you, you just you evolve. Everyone evolves as an artist, and you know. Um, so I, I, I think the whole record, the whole new record she's made, is is fantastic, and I just particularly that song just is a standout for me. But I think the whole the whole record is great, um, and I just I think she is. Uh, yeah, she's just a very smart, sharp writer and, you know, she's. it's also just, I just think it's just really um, the way she's just moving her career into the next phase. You know, she's kind of, it seems to me like she's sort of done dancing around the stage now and, and but, the, but the quality songwriting is going to continue. I agree. I, I think that's very true. I think she's um, stepping into a, a new phase of, um, her career or at least a new phase in, in what she's releasing. Paul, thank you very much for uh, your time today and thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. Uh, I do appreciate it. No, pleasure, son. Thank you. Um, have, have a great weekend. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Paul Dempsey and to Something for Kate. Their seventh record, The Modern Medieval, is out today. It's available on all streaming platforms and we've also included a link to their web store in the show notes where you can buy the record on coloured vinyl. We also want to give a huge shout out to Mariam at EMI for helping us out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Paul's picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, cheers.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.